0: Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Saiken Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Everybody across the globe, let's check in. How are you? And I really mean that. How are you? How are you feeling? How's your body, mind, your energy? Just take a few moments here to come into your breath. Feel your feet or your sit bones, depending on whether you're standing or seated. Breathe in through your nose, into your lungs. Release your abs and breathe all the way to your sit bones as if you're filling your pelvis. And as you exhale, gently tighten your abdominal muscles towards your spine, supporting the exhale through your lungs and out your nose. Abs stay taut as you begin the inhale. Breathe from collarbone all the way to pubic bone. Once again, exhale. Feeling feeling the strength of your core supporting your exhale. And it's a gentle tightening of your belly. Although if this is your first time breathing like this or you're, you're out of practice, you might be a little more dramatic and push your belly out at the end of inhale. And you might tighten a little more on exhale. But it's really a gentle support. It's part of the practice of you know, being in the place of something rather than all or nothing. So we're doing something with our belly. We're supporting our breath, but we're not making it into an ab workout. Um, And those students of mine that have been studying with me for a while know that when I do core work, I usually am talking about muscles right next to the spine and really supporting your core, meaning your spine, That thing that holds you up, that thing that holds all your nerves, um, that's so important in being able to feel, to move, to even breathe or cough. I bring that up only because I have this ridiculous cough, so you're just going to have to bear with me today. I've been in and out of having colds because I work with so many elementary school kids and those of you out there that work with elementary school kids, you know how it goes. They Or you have maybe them at home or you have nieces or nephews or friends' kids and they sneeze on your hand. And I always think to myself, I'll wash that in a second. And the next thing I know, I'm wiping my nose with that same hand. And so I'm, you know, these little kids that are basically little Petri dishes turn me into one too. So forgive me for coughing today if I do. My very good friend, um, Sydney, dropped off some... Um, Chest or some cough medicine last night. That was, you know, it's a homeopathic by Boyron, and I just love it. And thank you so much, Sydney, um, because it did help me sleep. All right. So, and if you feel like you have a cough or you are are stuffy, when you're doing this breath work, you need to do what is fairly comfortable. It's okay to work your breath. It's not okay to force your breath. So turning it into a coughing attack is not what we want to do. And if you can't breathe in through your nose and out through your nose because you're stuffy or whatever is going on, then breathe through your mouth. One way to slow down the breath when you're breathing through your mouth is to do it through pursed lips, particularly the exhale. You know, almost like you're going to whistle but you don't. And and that's so that's one way and remember we're in the practice of being honest. So if honestly the you know active ujjayi breath that we're we're practicing here is not appropriate for you then you switch it so that you are also practicing without harm to your body and friendliness to yourself you're paying attention and you're being realistic so you're checking in you're noticing how you're feeling i want you to notice how you feel both um, good bad detrimental beneficial positive, negative, your words, whatever you want to use there. But you're finding both. And if you find that you tend to move towards the negative or the things that are not feeling good, then find two good things for every bad or two positive things for every negative thing that you feel in your body-mind. All we're doing here is creating some balance and getting honest getting grounded All right so here's to making it count the reason why that's in quotes um on the when you see the the string for the show is because it is a quote um from the movie Titanic so where this all started was 3 weeks ago I my daughter and I wanted to just kind of hang out and watch a movie and she hadn't seen Titanic and you know Titanic is a very long movie and I thought and I've loved Titanic since the moment it came out and I own the movie and I own the CD Yes my heart will go on also you know got tiring for me but actually years later listening to it again it's kind of sweet um <clears throat> but She decided, okay, I'll watch it. And I told her a little bit about it. And I said, you know, it's rated PG. Um, Scariest thing is that, you know, I mean, people are not going to make it. But this is a movie about something real that happened. And long story short, this kid has watched it three weeks in a row. She is so like her mother. I will tell you, or like me, she is, she, she loves it. And she gets it. And that's going to be part of the show today. Um, I mean, this is an eight-year-old kid. And she get got some of the bigger picture things that I just was stunned that she understood. So the first time that we watched it, um, you know, she kept stopping. Excuse me. <coughs> she kept stopping and saying, you know, um for instance in the scene where um they're lowering um Rose down into the water in the boat because it's women and children first and Jack um is looking at her from the boat she Katya my daughter turns to me and says you know mommy they they love each other so much and it seems like they they're saying goodbye right now and i said yeah it does look like that and then Rose jumps off the um, safety boat back onto the Titanic and my daughter turns to me and says, well, they probably figure they don't have much time left and they're probably not going to make it, so they might as well be together because they love each other. And it, it just, like I was stunned, my mouth dropped, like, wow, yes, that's it, prob- exactly what's going on there. The... Second and third time, it got a little even more interesting. Yes, it's been one a week for three weeks. Three hours a shot. And I love the movie, too, so I'm good with it. it. Titanic is, you know, not Star Wars to me, but close enough. I mean, if I can watch it three weeks in a row, that tells you a little something. And it's something my daughter is so excited that we share. And her and I are such heart-centered um folks like we're we tend to sit more in our intuitive self and in our chest rather than our head and um I just I love sharing this with her and and she with me but in this last time or well in the last two times she started to point out other things present time consciousness really or present moment things like um when, when we watched it uh this last weekend she said she loved the scene and she actually, we stopped it for a second so that she could get her thought out. Where they're all sitting around the table, and the um, and this is where making it count comes in. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack, uh, is telling basically that you know he he you know he he doesn't have a lot of money and he's just kind of going from gig to gig throughout the world. Roses, Kate Winslet's mom doesn't really care for him, because he's, you know, third class, he's poor, steerage, Um, and he's countering her in a friendly way. I, I really love how he responds to people treating him as if he is a third class citizen, just because he's on third class on a boat, and not rich. And he and she says something to the effect of you know you find that um, existence appealing, and he says, <coughs> well yes ma'am I do something like, yes ma'am I do I have air in my lungs, I have paper to draw on, and you know I like making each day count. You know you never know. He's like something to the effect of I never know what is going to happen. You know. One day, I'm in Paris. Um, The next day, I'm at a poker game, and I win, you know, tickets on Titanic, and now I'm having dinner with you fine people, and he's in a tux. I mean, he's all cleaned up. And my daughter stops the movie and says, I love that, Mommy. I love that he's just like, I have air in my lungs, and he points to his chest, and she did, too. She mimicked him. And, you know, paper to write on, she certainly loves to draw and, and do art, and you know, and and having wonderful people in your life really matters. And I just, you know, I'm blown away again because this is an eight-year-old kid who, in in my opinion, could teach some of my adults in yoga class because she really does get it. And um, and so her and I have had a few discussions about this. And what they do is they end up cheersing, you know, they end up having a cheers with their champagne to making it count. And, you know, I think that's where the connection between Rose and Jack really starts to happen. And you really start to get the feeling that it is about making each moment count. We all know that the Titanic's going to go down. So we know there's only a limited time left before that happens. So you're making it count. And the thing is, is that, even though it may feel like it's oversaid, overdone, the whole you know you've got the gift of the present, or um, present time consciousness is all we have, or um, the time is now. All these things that may seem cliche are actually the truth, and they're the place where reality is mostly li- is going. To, even though you're still perceiving in in the present moment there's a chance for you to get the actual reality out of it rather than a memory of the past or what you think you can foresee in the future. And so the power is now. And the ability to really change each moment is real. And you can do that at any time. So this brings me to (coughs) my... One of my best friends and I, actually, all of my best friends and I have these conversations on the regular. But just the weekend before last, um, I did uh, one of my friend's hair, and her and I had a conversation about just how busy we are. And I've been having that conversation with a lot of people lately. And she said, um, or I had told her that our fish had died, and it, and the, the the fish had sat in its, you know, um, water for a few days because I just have been that slammed. You know, it's just one thing after And, you know, the water is constantly circulating. And so I just let it be. And she giggled and said something to the effect of, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And it's like if it doesn't have to happen, some things just fall off that list. And that's what I meant when I wrote about the show today Sometimes it means the choice we make is to leave our to-do list aside. I'm, I've said it before on the show, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this. I'm not a task-oriented person. I'm a visionary, and so task-oriented things like lists make me crazy, and that's why I have to have my own way of dealing with them. Sometimes I even put things on the list that I've done and cross them off so that I just feel like I've done something more on my list and so the fish, you know, and I, and, and it was funny because my boyfriend's like, why don't you just dump it in the backyard? I mean, just dump the whole water, everything in it, including the fish into the backyard because everything's decomposing now anyway. Well, that was brilliant. So one night I did that and finally that's clean. But it's just, it's these choices that I'm making on, on a day-to-day basis. I had another friend of mine came over last night and brought me some pho because, She knew I wasn't feeling good, which thank you so much, and um, I really appreciated it. And she's also had a cold, so we just sat and ate and were talking about how we feel. Just so busy that it's like all like how am I going to get through tomorrow comes up, and then you just take a deep breath, knowing that you're going to do the best that you can, and that's all you can do, and. My life is really full right now of a lot of wonderful things and I'm sure that most of you, if you look at your life, you've got a lot of wonderful things going on as well and if you don't, take inventory of the things that are wonderful and focus on them, fill your heart with them because that's what pulls me through, that's what pulled me through rough time, I, I mean I've mentioned on the show, it's been a while since I mentioned it but Um, I had a really difficult last three, four years. And um, in that, I really learned how to focus on the good things, focus on my inner strength, and allow myself to enjoy my life, knowing that at any moment things could change very drastically. Going back to your spine and you know, making each moment count and that things could change drastically all in one. A very good friend of mine got in a bike accident at the end of September, went over the handlebars and broke his, um, broke more than one cervical vertebrae, neck vertebrae, and right now is essentially paralyzed from the chest down. And, you know, being with him, First of all, it's raw and it's wonderful that way because it's just raw. We're just, and we've had that. we've been able to do that in the past. He's also a fellow practitioner and my primary health care provider. We've always had the ability to do that because you got to be raw if you're going to talk about health or it, it would be a good idea to be raw and honest about it. But this is a different kind of raw. This is a different kind of honest. And, I appreciate him opening his heart in this moment because this this is not easy. And the good news is is that his spinal cord was not severed. So there is a, 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 we are putting it out there we are working towards we are holding him in a space of that he it will not stay this way that we just have inflammation contusions to deal with and then you know we'll have some more mobility. In that process though it's not going to be easy. And he's he's not a stupid man this is a man that has quite an education behind him and really understands what's going on here and um and the and the potential struggle ahead no not potential the struggle ahead and yet he you know the last time that i saw him he was actually working with one of the nurses on some of her issues in her body <coughs> which is excuse me which is pretty remarkable, and you could just see the passion returning to his his energy. I mean, just his eyes, his, his, the feeling being with him, his energy um, shifted. And, you know, there are things that he can do. And looking at what can I do, what is going well in my life. So going back to this conversation with my friend when I was doing her hair, you know sometimes it's saying to heck with that to-do list because the moment uh, you know watching titanic with my daughter yeah takes 3 hours and that's more important watching her blossom into this amazing loving human being is you know fills me in a way that getting the whole to-do list won't because the to-do list you know how that works you mark off two or three things and four or five things go back on it. So the list grew. That's how it feels. It's like, okay, so the list has grown rather than reduced even though I've done all these things. Because there's always something to do. And if it doesn't really matter, then why worry about it? And when your life is busy, I'd love to hear from you. So we actually have a guest call-in number, 347 677 Zero six nine nine, and then also KimTalkRadio at com, or you can find me on Facebook at Kimberly's Intentional Moment um, and just click the page and you can discuss there if you want. I want to hear from you in what you what do you do with your busy life? How do you stay grounded? How do you stay balanced? What works? What doesn't work? That also helps. You never know who you can help by what you've done that doesn't work. <coughs> it's kind of like when I used to do hair at, for a living, what I would tell, and I did color, what I would tell clients often is, you can even bring me pictures of what you really don't want. If you're not really sure what you want, bring me pictures of what you don't want because then we can start to narrow down all the you know millions of options that there are. It's kind of similar that way. Um, So one of the things that I have had my, um, or what I had you do last week, and I want to check in a little bit with that homework because it's, you know, these are all, all the shows really combine and are interwoven in some way. Um, We were talking about, you know, journaling and things like that. So one of the ways to purge could be in your journal. The other thing is is all your ideas can go in your journal so that you can revisit them and actually put them to use. Sorry, I keep having to take a sip of water here um, the um you know and 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 you might even write in your journal what I'd like to give you as homework this week, which is what is your practice? Do you tend to be all or nothing? I can't tell you the countless people that I work with, and shoot, I've been there, It's like, and I have the tendency to want to go there, I just don't anymore. It's just I've been in practice of doing something different. Um, but that all or nothing, you know, well now I'm going to work out six days a week and I'm going to only eat fruits and vegetables and I won't have any of this or any of that and they jump from this place that they're at into what most people cannot do. and um, Or at least, how about this, can't sustain it. You might be able to do it for a week, maybe even two, but it'll start to drop off. That's why these little pieces where we can add in, for instance, journaling, to just get clear on what it is that works for you and what it is that does not work for you. And, you know, maybe at the top of your journal or your page or if your journal's in your mind or on your computer, whatever, you might put honesty without harm and friendliness. These are the things that we come from first, including ourselves. (coughs) So by me allowing myself not to throw that fish out right away, and I know that might freak out some of you out there. And Okay, that's all right. Nothing ever smelled. You know, he was in water that, like I said, was circulating, and then we we tossed him, and it was only a few days. But you know, it was it was the choices that I was making. That even two or three minutes to throw him out in the backyard, which I had not had as an option until my boyfriend brought it up. Um, hadn't even thought of it. You know, I thought, oh, I gotta take everything out and I gotta clean it out, and you know, it's like, why? Might as well just toss in the backyard. Oh. That made it easier. That's why it got done as quickly as it did. I think it would have taken even longer if he hadn't given me that option. But first of all, it's having people in your life that can give you options, giving yourself options, and being honest with what's important to you. Throwing the fish out, you couldn't see him. And my daughter didn't care anymore. You know, he was already dead and gone, and she'd kind of moved on. You know, they do that so quickly. We've talked about resilience on the show, and children, watch them. Even children that have it really rough. I work with some kids at the elementary school level that have it, in my opinion, pretty dark. And one of the reasons that I'm in the schools, part of why I am a volunteer in the schools doing what I do, is because the um, group that I'm working for, including myself, consider this to be important for kids to have somebody that they can turn to. And and some of these kids don't. And going back to resilience, I watch them bounce back on a regular basis. I also understand that if they don't find the right support systems, that you know we could lose them later, so that's one of the reasons we're there. That's what teachers do on the regular basis is give kids another outlet, another safe place to go and to be and practice their resilience. It's innate for them; they want to be in a space of friendliness and happiness and and quite frankly, they're very honest about it. So they can actually do something about it. So, you know, watch children and and see how they just pounce back. I was just talking to a woman the other day. We were talking about toddlers and how toddlers can just, you know, the twos and threes, you know, when they say the terrible twos, they really mean two and three years old, terrible two years. Um, You know, and it's just a space where their hormones are as crazy as, you know, teenage hormones, except for they don't have re- the reasoning skills. They don't have the cognitive ability to put it together, to realize that maybe it's hormones, or to realize, you know, or be able to say what it is that they're actually feeling, even if it's chaos. So they have tantrums. And how many of you out there have had children that have a huge tantrum, and you get wound up in it too? Like I've locked myself in the bathroom, kind of feeling, and um, and and you know your your kid can do that. Go on for mine could do it for a half hour hour at a time, which is the longest spread of time ever. And you know I just let her do it. You know she she's got to do what she's got to do. She was also going through a lot of transition, and I, but, you know, as soon as she was done, she was done, and then smiles on her face, hey, mom, what are we going to do next, essentially, is where she was at, and I mean, I remember just thinking, talk about making it count, talking about switching in a moment. She made it count, she got it out, and then she moved on. Then she picked up herself up off the floor, <coughs> dusted herself off, and went about her day. Now what are we going to do? I got all that out. I don't need any of that. Well, how great would it be for us to do that? Give yourself a moment. Maybe you can't have a full-on tantrum, although I sure like those. I think they're, they seem to help me out a little bit. But um, it's... It's okay to just take a moment and, you know, kind of, laugh you know, this is terrible, this doesn't feel good, I don't like this, this is unfair, whatever. And that's like how my girlfriends and I get it out with each other. And then you dust yourself off, put a smile on your face, take a deep, long breath with a very long exhale, continue to breathe and move, move forward move sideways move backwards just move get out of that space and make it count so i want to take just a moment here and um we'll have a couple of psas and then um we'll come back and we'll talk about more of around the homework for this week while cutting molding with a 12 inch dual compound miter saw while holding a newborn baby in your arms when face to face with a congregation of alligators with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a, there are a million, million places you'd never consider texting, out by so parents, why would you do it while driving? What NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, the asking ask you her to, the to please stop the text, and together we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at StopTextStopWrecks.org. Some statistics are surprising. Some are unbelievable and some are simply unacceptable. Right now, nearly 30% of U.S. students aren't finishing high school. Nearly 30%, and that's the average. In many places, it's even higher than that. And fixing it is a responsibility that we all share. This is President Obama, and I urge everyone, not just parents, but friends and neighbors and family members, to take responsibility for encouraging the high school students in your communities to support them, challenge them, push them a little, and do whatever it takes to help them make it through. Because this is one statistic we simply can't afford to ignore. You can do your part by going to boostup.org and sending an email, a text message, or even a wake-up call to a student at risk of dropping out. Go to boostup.org and provide the boost that's needed to make it to graduation. A message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on BlogTalkRadio.com with your host Kimberly Canals. Your spot to practice living in awareness. All right, thank you, Restita De Jesus, again for the Kim Spot. I love that. Um, it's 16 seconds of nothing but awesomeness. So. being in the moment, texting while driving is not practicing being in the moment. Believe me, I know I want to get two and three things done at one time. And my culture, American culture, contrary to what we know in researching the human being and the human brain and knowing that multitasking means we don't do anything well, um, you know, any one thing well, we do a few things okay, you know, sometimes not even very well at all. I want to multitask too, because I've got so many things to do. I'm a single parent with a lot of friends and family and, you know, running my own business, running my own household. I mean, you, you know, the writing's on the wall. You can hear that. It's, it's almost too much in a day. And like I said, my friend and I, talking last night, you know, I don't know sometimes when I go to bed how I'm going to get up in the morning and get it all done and what her and I were talking about is that what we've learned is and so what you know right now <clears throat> we both weren't feeling good she had enough energy to go get us some fa. let's sit here let's have a little bit, you know, an hour or so time together, eat some good food, which we actually felt better after eating it, um, you know, it's just such a, a, a soothing and wonderful meal, um, and it's not heavy, so it doesn't take a lot to process it, um, and, and, you know, when we got to talk about things that really matter, like, you know, well, I don't know how I'm going to get through every day, but I go, I go to bed saying, oh, well, you know, I mean, I always will, And, you know, it could be, things could be so much worse and things can be so much better. You know, what we make up, sometimes I wonder why we make up the worst. Now, I understand, you know, needing to make the worst case scenario, figure out how you'll survive it so that you can just store it and say, well, I know that under the worst case scenario, I will survive. I will be all right. Right. That means that now I can free myself up. I understand how many people work that way. And if that works for you, definitely use that. <clears throat> but what you don't want to do is stay in the place of, and this is where I have been in my life many times and I have a tendency to go just because I tend to be a bit nostalgic. I tend to be melancholy. It's probably the Cancerian in me. And <clears throat> I. I want I want to spend less time worrying about all the things rotten that could happen and make up instead all the wonderful things that could happen or just realistically what's probably going to happen. And it, it's, so far that's working for me. It is definitely a practice for me. And those of you that decide that this is something you want to do, just give yourself a moment to to feel what you're feeling and really make it count. So whatever it is that you're feeling, pay attention to that, see it. A Perfect example of what I'm talking about is um, pain management with meditation. And I am going to have this student on my show sometime soon in the near future. I'm hoping it'll be, you know, in the next month or so. We're going to have to see with the holidays coming. But she gets chronic migraines and horrifyingly painful, chronic migraines. And those of you that have had migraines can certainly relate. And those of us that have just had a headache or pain in our lives can understand that that's got to be a miserable existence. And, And things have gotten a lot better for her, mostly through meditation. And one of the things that she said in class last week and this isn't a direct quote but something to the effect of she meditation has given her the advantage or the practice of you know when the migraine's going on and the pain is really bad to witness the pain from something that I'm going to use my own terms here from I got it from my teacher years ago one of my teachers the witness seat witnessing the pain versus being the pain so, oh, there it is. It doesn't mean she's not feeling pain. And this is really hard to put into words, but those of you that have felt something like this before can relate. And those of you that that cannot, just trust that um, meditation is a way for um, one to witness what is going on in their lives without being completely attached to it in their mind so you know i am a migraine or you know i'm really careful when i talk to clients that for instance have diabetes um they're not a diabetic they have diabetes it's not who they are it's something that's happening in their existence as a human being right now but it's not who they are i i i Really try to be careful and correct myself when it comes to depression. Somebody feels depressed. Somebody is experiencing depression. They are not depressed. It's not who they are, it's something they're experiencing. That does not take away from the pain of it or the um, importance of taking care of oneself when they feel or have any of these things going on in their lives, it's remembering it isn't who you are. It's just part of who you are. Just like part of who I am is a brunette. Part of who I am is an American. Part of who I am is simply a female. I'm also a human being, though. You know, I'm also a world citizen. I also you know, can color my hair and become a blonde at any moment. You know, it, it it's remembering that when you're going to define yourself, be careful how you do that. So <clears throat> some of the homework that I want to give out this week and things for you to be thinking about and bringing out that journal again. Uh, journaling is just so freeing, healthy, um so many of you have so many wonderful ideas in your life, and we get so busy. We were just talking about it, and I know that a lot of you are relating to what my friends and I are talking about. When you're so busy, your head is spinning. Sometimes we just forget all these wonderful ideas that we have. And what a shame, because those ideas probably matter more than at least 30 to 40% of what we do each day some of those ideas could matter more than 30 to 40% of what we do each day you know when you clean up after breakfast this idea is probably bigger and better than that just saying so one of the things i want you to start thinking about is what what's your favorite excuse me <clears throat> what's your favorite part of your life Think about that for a moment. See what comes up immediately when I ask that question. What comes up? What's your favorite part of your life? If you can, write it down. And you might have more than one thing that comes up. Great. But definitely write down at least the first one. Or make the uh, intentional note that you will Write it down. I also want you to watch your mind in this. So when I ask you what's your favorite part of your life, I want you to watch when when whatever arises comes up. So let's say the favorite part of your life is your children um, and watching them grow. Watch if your mind says, oh, yeah, everyone says that. Or, you know, ooh, what a neat idea. Or... Wow, you came up with that? I mean, I don't know. I'm making stuff up because really that's all we're doing all the time is making stuff up. But, and I should say, what's your favorite part of your life? What comes up first and foremost is probably correct. It might it might um, be of interest of you to think about that or for you. It might also be um, information that you had not foreseen that, you know, if you have time to think about it and think about what other people might think about it, you might change your mind. I'd rather that you just write down that first hit. What's your favorite part of your life? Now, what is your least favorite part of your life? Okay, so now make it count. Do the things, support the things that are in congruence with or that support the favorite parts of your life and pay less attention, get rid of, if you can, you can't always, or alleviate, if not eliminate the things that you do that are supporting the least favorite part of your life. (coughs) Now, if one of the least favorite parts of your life is your job, like I've said in past shows, I want you to find something in your job today. Today, don't wait any longer that you can do and support, promote in your workplace that supports the favorite parts of your life. So if one of the favorite parts of your life is your children, we can go back to that, and your job has a good income, you can start thinking of it that way. I go to work, I do the very best that I can do because it provides well for my family. It allows me to spend time with my children. It allows us to go on vacation. It allows them to be in the school I want them to be in or in the clubs that I want them to be in, whatever. And then take it a step further. Is there something that you can do that helps you, I guess, support the favorite part of your life even in this tricky spot, this tricky job. So I've used the example in the past shows, um, you could be the one person that's always smiling. You're known as that person. You're the one that finds the positive spin on everything. Maybe, Maybe part of what you don't like about your job is that everybody's cranky all the time. Well, what if you were a part of making... The difference there you have no idea what that would turn into you have no idea who you'll meet what kind of ideas will come to mind when you just shift into an open flowing place in your mind really allowing your heart to lead rather than your head so focusing on how you can make your work, your job, even if you don't care for it, to be in support of who you are and what you're about. And I hope it's about friendliness without harm and honesty. The other thing I want to invite you to do over the next next few weeks Definitely this week as homework, but I would love for you to put this into your practices. Know when to ask for help, and when help is offered, take it, if it makes sense. So, you know, last night, it it was even kind of late in the evening when my friend offered to go get pho. Um, I said yes. I wanted it. It was a great idea. Like, I had already bought some egg, egg drop soup on the way home, and it was awful. I had thrown it out. I was kind of bummed about it. And here here comes one of my best friends. Hey, I'll just drop over and grab us some fun, just come and hang out for a little bit. And we had a, a splendid time. And it's okay to say yes to that. It's okay to ask for that. You know, what's nice about when you say yes to that is that you also realize, oh, you know what? I can ask her for that help if I need it. the this whole, you know, I've got to be so stoic and can't ask for help piece is so silly. You can ask for help. I'm not saying you can't be stoic at times. But don't be so stoic that you can't, you know, get what it is that you need in a moment. Remember that you are, you are important too. Keeping you up and running and in a space of free-flowing energy, heart openness, vulnerability to learning and love lights up the whole world. So if that means that somebody does some grocery shopping for you because you just can't get to it, ask for it. Somebody helps you clean your house. Okay. You know, we'll take it. And here's the thing. What comes around goes around. So that person is going to get help. Probably from you. Might not be the same help. So what? So let's just go over Before we end the show, today's show, we're making it count each day, each moment. Taking a couple minutes right now and writing in your journal is making it count. What you feel, and I don't necessarily mean by touch, I mean like what you feel in your heart, what you know to be intuitively right is right. So write it down so you can remember it and revisit it. And, and, and maybe it becomes part of your mantra. Remember what my daughter innately knows and, and was in full support of. I've got air in my lungs. I've got paper to draw on. Never know what who I'm going to meet or where I'm going to be. But I know that I'm having dinner right now with you fine people. Something to the effect of that from the movie... Titanic and if you haven't seen it oh my gosh I highly recommend it but for the reason of the practice Um, so today as we leave I want you to think about making it count what can we do to give ourselves our power back we can be in present time we can be in the gift Of the present. We can be in the moment, which is as real as it gets. We can put our to do list aside. Do or be in the moment that really counts. Making it count. So grab your journals. What's your favorite part of your life? What's your least favorite part of your life? Support in or support the things that contribute to the favorite part of your life. See if you can eliminate or alleviate those that are in the least, and be peace. Practice love and learn. We'll be